Welcome to the first episode of the uh, FMF State of Mind podcast. Um, I guess tonight we have uh, three guys and me. We got you here, Antonio and Nestor. How's it going, guys? Good. good. What's up? Pretty good, pretty good. Got this thing going. No complaints so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess today's the start of the season. I mean, I try to explain it the best to my friends as the, the League MX Community Shield today. I'm not, I'm not even sure who's winning. Who's, that game started an hour ago. What's going on in that game? I haven't even been in front of the TV after the World <laughs> Cup. I just barely got home, so I haven't really stayed on top of that, really, to be honest with you. So I've just been preparing for our podcast, to be honest with you. On the road, I was just preparing my notes for today's uh, today's I mean, show. Does anyone really care about the, what is it, the Campeón de Campeones or the Supercopa? No. I mean, come on. <laughs> not really. Not really, man. Not, unless it's your own team. <laughs> Very true. Own team. Yeah. yeah stand base, team. you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, just, it's a, Nick Axa is beating Monterrey 1-0 at halftime. <laughs> so that tells Jeez. you kind of like what Whoa. people care about. But Monterrey's midfield? All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know who the hell Monterrey has out there. Probably like their C team, but whatever, man. Keep collecting them checks. Yeah. Fat. <laughs> yeah. As long as it gets everybody tuned in, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, let's just keep going right into uh, the World Cup. Mexico qualified to the group of six, round of 16, like everyone slash no one predicted. And then <laughs> lost in the round of 16, like everyone predicted. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, here, what do you, what's, give, give me one good thing about this World Cup for Mexico. One of the, it, you know, it's kind of hard to, to find a good thing in, in, in a repeated in a repeated situation where it's been to the quinto partido. But I think the most positive thing that I could take out of this is a young talent that that stepped up and got the opportunity to play. We got to see Mapabe today at 19 years old who made a difference for France. In the previous World Cups, we didn't have that young much talent on the squad. And we had Gallardo, we had Edson Alvarez, we had, for example, Salcedo who stepped up and obviously Choque Lozano. So for my biggest thing was just seeing the young talent be comfortable on, on, on in the squad. And, you know, obviously there was a few mistakes that they made that changed, the, you know, the, the dynamic of the game. But my thing is just how the young squad got to get that opportunity and, and get the feel for it. Because next year it's going to be, I mean, the next four years of preparation is going to be a whole different type of squad. And, 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 and these young cats need the opportunity to, you know, to build their confidence. That's the biggest key factor that I got for myself and, and enjoying watching the team, you know. And what's what's uh, one bad thing? The bad thing that I can say is, I, this is one of the baddest, the bad thing that I did not enjoy, and and I'm a huge, huge Rafa Marquez fan, huge Rafa Marquez. Anybody can take. I mean, anybody you know knows me knows I'm a huge Rafa Marquez fan. But I strongly believe that he did not earn that spot and being in the twenty, in the, the squad of twenty-three, because let me give you an example. I mean, even maybe going a little to Guardado, who was hurt two months prior to the World Cup. I don't think he should have started. And I understand Jonathan Dos Santos' frustration. That's probably whoever said that he liked the tweet, why Rafa Marquez shouldn't have started. Rafa Marquez shouldn't have started in that quinta partida. We always are the fourth game because every single World Cup that we've seen, there's always been that player that screwed up for everybody else. Like in 2002, Ramoncito Morales came out and here comes the Matador Hernandez. And we're like, why? He's already past his prime. For now, let's fast forward to right now. We see... Um, uh, Rafa Marquez starting. I was like, why is he starting when the Confederations? We had Jonathan Dos Santos and Hector Herrera just 
you know, doing the duel together, and they look spectacular. Okay, we didn't take like Aito Vasquez, but Jonathan Dos Santos, young blood, faster, quicker on his feet. I still that was my biggest. Uh, not a negative of, of Mexico, it's just Rafa Marquez being there or even starting, just that, really. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but Rafa was better than Jonah in the against Brazil. Yeah, well, I Jonah mean, came in as a sub. Yeah, for each other. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this whole that maybe maybe Rafa didn't earn his spot, but you can't tell me he did not. He outplayed Jonah against Brazil. I mean, I don't uh, Am I, I wrong? He kind of did. Experience, Robin. Yeah. yeah, experience. But, I mean, Rafa really speed wasn't up to par, if we can say that. I mean, his passes were crisp, like always. But I didn't see a usual Rafa that I would have seen, like, about a year and a half ago or a year. Like, I just didn't see him the same. And, and I was just starstruck on, on Jonathan and the Confederations. I don't know about y'all, how, how y'all felt about that. But that was just my biggest... He did look good. So. Uh, what about you, Antonio? What's your What's your good and bad? I mean, the good thing, like going off of what Jair said, is the, is is pretty much the same thing with the with the young talent. I mean, two of the best players, like easily hands down in this World Cup in Mexico, was Chucky Lozano and was Jesus Gallardo, who really made his mark, especially in that Germany game. And I think it showed you, like, um, especially in the Germany game, when when Osorio and all his players can come together and create a good game plan and know who who they're going up against and have their counterattack on point, like how dangerous Mexico can be, like they showed you. I mean, they made history with that win, taking down the world champions. So, the, you know, that obviously gave all of us hope for what was to come, but, you know, yeah. it, just, it just didn't, it just didn't um, you know, follow through. And then the bad thing, uh, again, was just how badly Mexico performs when the pressure is on. And in the game against Sweden... Especially because, you know, people could point to that as the reason that Mexico didn't get to the Quinto Partido because they would have avoided Brazil. They would have gone top of their group. They had the opportunity to get nine points straight, and they bombed it. Like, all they needed was a tie, and they completely bombed. Like, when the pressure's on, Mexico just doesn't perform, and that that's the that that's the worst thing for me. Yeah. Nestor? I agree. I feel like, again, reiterating what the guy said earlier, just overall the young talent that was out there, like Gallardo, Edson Alvarez, Damien, uh, Irving Lozano, but just overall the negatives of that were why was Layun playing on the wings? Yeah. And uh, huh. overall, just some of the players in the lineup that I didn't agree with, but I don't know, you know, you kind of feel, you hear the argument where it's like, well, what other player would have been able to do better? And it's like, did Mexico do the best they could? Or was it just paper? player favoritism based on the head coach and you know you kind of start getting into that where you start thinking well Layun didn't fit anywhere in the back line so they kind of put him up on the forwards but that took up a spot Tecatito or anybody else that could have been more creative and done more especially on the counterattack. and it just kind of makes you think and based on that what could have been again and again <laughs> I mean just going back to 2010 and 2014 especially 2010 some of those lineups in 2010, I was just yelling at the TV, like, what do you... Like, I don't think Ch- Chicharito started a game. Bolfo started a game against France. I mean, just... Kikin yeah, Fonseca. Oh, God. Kikin like, Fonseca, too. And Franco, I, Guillermo Franco, Franco or yeah. Senia, too. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. So, yeah. like, in terms Fonseca. of, like... <laughs> in terms of how bad it's been before, like, lineup changes, like, were picky. 
but none, none of them were like I was like in 2010 where I was yelling at the TV saying why is this guy starting I mean maybe you guys like like Jahir was saying like Rafa shouldn't have been on the team or shouldn't maybe should, didn't earn his spot but when he played I was like okay like he's not embarrassing himself he's not he's no he's no bullful I guess he almost yeah. got a goal though yeah he did and, and I mean look like I said okay not even starting but I think he should have came in to relieve the the, the stress and the pressure and maybe young Jonathan Dos Santos had, but that that was just my biggest thing. Obviously, you know, not going to Quinto Partido is always going to be the, the the downside of of Mexico. But this time, as the as I was telling all of my friends before the World Cup approaching, this time Osorio had players where we could choose. We didn't have to bring any players from outside of a country. For example, like you know, we had Sina, Guillermo Franco. Like we had forwards who are actual. Mexican players who are in Europa. We haven't had that in years. I mean, you go scoot back all the way to 98, 2002, 94. I mean, in 90, we didn't qualify, but 94, Hugo Sanchez, I think he was instilled in Europa, if I'm not mistaken. And you, every single year, it was like little by little, you had players that were, you know, competing in, in, in their own club teams in, in, in Europe. And, and this squad, I was like, man, I, I was happy about it. Obviously, there's players I wish I would have seen, but I, I think we had the talent, and this is should lead up better for for 20, 2022 that's just what i what i'm thinking what i'm saying and we, and i think we go ahead no go ahead uh and i think we have to keep progressing in that i mean like you said we had like the most um players from outside of the country playing in europa which was a great thing but we have to keep going in that and we have and we've done a good job doing that steadily but we but like Mexico just has to keep developing players and and putting them in Europe where they belong and they've done a really bad job because you go back to um in 2011 when they when Mexico won the under 17 World Cup great achievement for for everyone involved but where are all those players now like who could you say from all those players are, is like none of them I think almost none of them were in the World Cup squad this year were they like, No none, I don't, I don't they, all, they all play for Cruz Azul <laughs> exactly so like you, you see that that's the problem right there we don't develop players to get to that next level and then if we do we just sell them we just sell them to another team in mexico i mean that's just that's my true. biggest uh, anger about pizarro like pizarro yeah the draft I, is I, I, yeah like pizarro he should uh he should he should have gone to europe pizarro is one of the best players that he can create opportunities in, in the midfield and he's just free all around the midfield and and he just goes to Monterrey, which is a great club. Don't get me wrong, but I believe he should have been in. He should be in Europe right now. Exactly. Monterrey just had the most cheddar. Yeah, that's all. That's what, or Chivas just doesn't have enough to pay. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Yeah, with Gallardo, I think it's a little different because before the World Cup, I wasn't thinking of like he. Yeah, he can do well in Europe, or he can do something after the World Cup. Yeah, maybe, but like, I don't blame Pumas for taking that money before the World Cup because you never know. What if he bombs? You know. Yeah, Pumas need that money. Come on. Yeah, now. Pumas need that money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How else are they gonna play that? Uh, play, uh, actually, uh, pay that Chilean forward. <laughs> yeah. Nicolas Castillo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they didn't because he left. He went to Benfica. <laughs> oh, gee. Right. Hey, I would have too. No. <laughs> um, that that was another topic that I mean we'll get into that later, but I mean just another topic how the top goal scorers of La Liga MX have Liga MX have all just left. Um, you know, know, obviously, Janini took that Arab money. Ruiz <laughs> <laughs> also left to MLS. Yeah. Who's gonna score yeah. the goals? 
Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like the top, I mean, you still got a what's his name from Leon, the tall guy, Argentinian. What's Boselli? Boselli. Boselli, yeah, he's always been a Boselli, uh, Hurtado, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how Morelia is going to stay up this year. I'm, I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I feel like if, if we were like in a video podcast, I'd bust out the meme where the guy's touching his head. You can't go down if there's no relegation, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I almost forgot. Yeah. I true. almost forgot that too. That's true. Damn. You gotta play. Uh, you, <laughs> don't you ha- don't you have to pay a fee to stay in the top in the in, 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 in the Primera División, right? Don't you have to pay like a huge amount of fee or something like that? No, I mean, I don't when, they, when they want to, when they want to charge you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if it's not one of the top favorites, it's like yeah. yeah. How much you think they're charging the Coxa? It's not as much as they're charging America. I'll tell you that much. No, yeah, I didn't see it that way. But, but uh, America ain't gonna be in that position. <laughs> Oh, no, they're not. They'll buy everything. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I guess kind of building off the World Cup stuff, um, Nestor, what do you think about uh, Osorio? Should he stay? Should he go? <laughs> I've been all over the place. I almost wrote an article the other day that said that we he should have he should have actually resigned right after he lost in, in El Quinto Partido. But really thinking back at it, Jahir wrote a great article, and I started looking at it from a numbers point of view. And, you know, despite the Siete Cero, it hasn't been that bad, which sounds really weird to say. But, you know, in the article, I made a lot of points where after each World Cup cycle, we kind of get a new coach and you know it doesn't really lead anywhere and a lot of good things such as that and good points and i was kind of starting to see that where you know maybe we shouldn't let him go especially you know he's starting to get interest from other places as colombia as well as the united states so you kind of start seeing that you kind of start seeing it like you know a previous ex you might have had that starts getting interest from other guys and you're just like well you know maybe she's not that bad yeah i mean yeah <laughs> i think people are up and down i mean where do you stand antonio Man, I'm I'm kind of <laughs> undecided right now. It's it's a tough, it's a tough choice, because you you know, um, uh, going back to Jair's article, and looking at the numbers and looking at I think it was thirty three nine and ten. That's his record. That's one of the best records that probably a Mexican coach has had in in you know, in since uh, in the past couple of coaches that we've had. So and he's done a really good job. With this Mexico side, you know, unbiasedly, but at the same time, you know, those thoughts start to creep up. Is a, 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 like, is there a coach that can take us to that next level? Is there a coach that is gonna, you know, push us over the, the threshold? So yeah, like, how do we know that he's not Steven Jackson, and you know, we're just waiting on uh on Steve Kerr to come in, you know, and take Mark, that you mean Mark to Jackson. Next level. Uh, Mark Jackson, yeah, sorry, Steven Jackson, the old Warriors player, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you think you should stay or go you're here man you know just like uh, you know going back to what all y'all said uh even even after i wrote the article even though i showed it to my friends and it's still like 50 50 towards me like i was like yeah you know he needs to stay but then i was looking i was like man you know what like should he or should he not but i always go back to it's been 18 years we haven't had a coach who's done a cycle completely and when he does something happens stupid like Herrera what happened you know about two years ago but we haven't had the my thing that I've enjoyed about him the most is that he's always looking to the future for the players like for an example before the confederations he gave a, a Mayorga and then he gave Edson Alvarez and he gave a, a Uriel Antuna like an opportunity he gave them that you know get their feet wet 
And we haven't seen that in the last few years. We always had a call up. Oh, we have to call Cortemo Blanco back from retirement. Oh, we have to call back another player from retirement. Oh, we need Matias Wolso on the top because we can't. We don't have any force, but we have the talent. Like I'll go back to what y'all said uh, when Mexico won the Youth World Cup recently. Where's all that talent at? We don't have it because the coaches didn't use them, didn't develop them. We see all mm-hmm. these other teams, these, these national teams, who use their young players. And, and you see the coaches who, who have a cycle, like G- Germany. I mean, they, 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 uh, they signed again the coach. Uh, uh, Jukum, Ju- I can't say his name. Uh, Germany. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can say that. Say it like that. You can see even the France coach and like all these coaches who've, had, who've been there for many years. And, and Uruguay's coach who's been there for many years. And we just don't have that. And just that cycle repeating and repeating. That, oh, you know what? We lost. Let's fire him. We lost. Fire him. But if it was up to, like, if, if, if he would resign and he would want to leave or he just doesn't accept the, uh, the, 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 the opportunity again, again, I mean, the all in favor is go to my, Almeida. And I could say, not just because he's from Chivas and that's my team, but because Almeida knows the ground from, from the foundation of the Liga MX. He was with Chivas. He, put, he, used, he used the most potential he had in the team when he didn't have all his best players at the moment. And he's not just about coaching. He's about building the ground up. Like he, he, He'll take care of the staff. He watches for his staff. He watches for his players. And he, he has a little bit more passion than, than Osorio, which Osorio hasn't been in Liga Mekis, and that's always been an argument. So, But for me, personally, I would like to keep him again and let him keep on developing a cycle. That's just me. Something hey, that I, I want to say about Almeida, like uh, there's something to be said about – I don't know if I want him – like, I don't know if I truly want him as the national team coach, but there's something to be said about what he's done at Chivas. And um, to take a team that is, you know, pretty trash, uh, and when they get to a final in the Liga MX and when they get to a final in the CONCACAF Champions League, even though they're not favored at all, they find a way to win. They won both of those titles, exactly. plus a bunch of other little titles. So more than coaching, he instills that confidence into his players. He delivers when it's needed. That's right. what Mexico doesn't have. And, and like the old saying says, is, uh, jugamos como siempre, perdemos, o como es, jugamos como nunca y perdemos como siempre. Yeah. And that's, it's, you know, like when, like this time I was more, my feelings were more dry. And I was just, I was just like, man, like I, I knew this was going to happen when we lost against Brazil. Like we have that, like, oh my God, this is going to happen again. The fifth freaking time or the fourth freaking time this has happened. We haven't been to the quinto partido. It's just, we haven't had that coach who, Who's been like? You know what? We we need this. We need to build upon this. And, I mean, that's just that's the reality. <laughs> well, I'm coming at it from like like I said. I, I mean, we've all been fans for a while, but people put this Mexico like a lot of Mexico fans put it up like we're an elite team, and people are like just like, oh, I want to go there. I want to you know, work, that'd be a good, interesting project to work. No one wanted the Mexico job after we fired Piojo. No one wanted it. The only people who wanted it were the guys we didn't want to be the coach, you know? Oh, yeah. So, like, people, it's, and yeah, you can get rid of him, but then don't tell me you're going to get rid of him because there's someone out, unless there's someone out there who says, I want the job, don't, I would not, I wouldn't fire Osorio unless he wants to leave. If he wants to leave, then that's fine. You know, he did his thing, that's fine. But who else is out there, you know, like? I don't know, at the, I don't mean to cut you off, but at the time, when, before we hired Osorio, I remember, I remember Marcelo Blesse, I forgot how do you pronounce Bielsa? his name. Um, Bielsa, yeah, he was actually having a whole bunch of turmoil with Marseille, and I was kind of hoping he would go to the. Yeah, they were talking. There was a lot of rumors about him going to the Mexican uh, national team, and I was hoping that he would go, but he didn't end up going. And that's one of the things he's currently coaching Leeds, 
and that's one of the jobs that Almeida was up for, which I don't know, kind of comes full circle. But as far as the coaches that we kind of get and the kind of level that they're at, but overall, I don't know. You kind of wonder what other coaches could have done with that squad and with the whole World Cup cycle at that. But it's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, where... if you, I mean, people give uh, uh, Saudi a lot of shit because he had a bunch of his, his own ideas and principles. And I mean, people gave him shit for that. Can you imagine them doing them thinking about all the crap that Vielsa does to his players? I mean, they call him oh, a local no, for a reason. Yeah, but one thing on Osorio. You guys always talk about like uh no no coach ever does this four year cycle and no one you know no one lasts that long in Mexico job you know. Right. Uh, one thing Osorio brought out of the FMF that maybe we won't talk about for a while or even realize it, but the FMF actually got behind Osorio. They they gave him the resources. They bought into his programs. You know he got a mental coach. He developed a program for all 40 players in the pool. Like he did a lot of things that we haven't seen the FMF do. Go ahead and say, yeah, go ahead and do that. You know, we'll back you up. So I mean, even if Osorio leaves, he's made the job. Him and the FMF have made the job a little more, like a better job for other people coming in. You know, because those more guys, dynamic. Yes, because those guys who look at the job be like, well, you know, maybe the FMF is changing. Maybe they are gonna support their coach and not fire him after they lose against Honduras or something. You know, like they're gonna support him and give him the resources he needs as opposed to like how we have had in the past where a coach has a rough patch well time to find a new guy you know so i mean i think going forward the job it may be a little more desirable than before osorio but before osorio you you can't tell me a quote-unquote top coach wanted the job like you just you cannot lie, lie to me and say a top coach wanted it you know like you unless you want to retread la volpe or something like you just there's no there's no one who wanted the job so you can criticize everything, anything Osorio has done, but you can't just tell me that, hey, we had the best coach in the world wanting the job, but we gave it to Osorio. Like, no one wanted the job. Like, so People forget that. A lot of people forget that. Yeah, I, I, even I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I didn't even see it that way. But, I mean, even when Tuca Ferretti was was, was given, he was the intern, he, he always would say, you know, said payaso de nadie. And he always would say that because I think the biggest – the biggest, uh, the biggest fear of all the coaches is just the me- the Mexican uh, media. How they're just so negative about everything and so pressured and so uh, put high standards on the players and just everything you got to deal with with, the, with 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 the media. It's I guess what one of the coaches just fear. Uh, that's probably one of the hot points. I don't know what y'all think. Mexican yeah, media Mexican is trash. Like, that's all I got to yep. say. Like nothing yeah, else, yeah. honestly. The same time, we're, we're, we're part of it as well, where we're just like, why doesn't anybody want this amazing job? And the next day they say something, we're like, why haven't they fired this guy yet? Exactly. It's the media and the extremes. fans, the media and the fans are very like, very in the same way, impatient, judgmental. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's too much pressure. And the Scotland game, like you said, like the Scotland Scotland game before they go to the World Cup. I mean, I, when I was watching the game, I was telling my friends, you know, this is not a game that we're going to see Mexico win 5-6-0. This is a game for Osorio to narrow down the players that he's going to want. And by hearing the chance for Osorio, for Osorio, like, dude, like, this is a process. Like, this is, like, we had no one, no one, no one gave us a chance to beat Germany. Because all the negatives, the negative stuff that we heard or saw, the fans that were just not patient, is that you got to understand this is a process. All these teams have gone far to the to being the top four teams in the World Cup, to being third, I mean, they had a process. And, and we just, us fans, we don't like that. And also, that's reality. <laughs> Hashtag I, trust I, the process. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of also like that Osorio's never coached in Mexico. 
So he doesn't he doesn't owe anyone a favor. He doesn't you know he's not because yeah, you know as far the, as players and yeah well that and the owners and the owners you know they kind of hire the Mexican coach but he's never he never he's never worked for them so he doesn't owe There's them not shit. politics yeah. yeah it's true that's a really good point actually I never thought about that because you know if it was Duca or anybody else that got appointed that position there would have been half the Tigres squad you know playing for the, <laughs> the Mexico <laughs> national team and you know yeah. things along those lines but that's actually a really good point that I didn't think about now if Almeida was to take that post would kind of the same thing happen or would you think he'd be more preferential to some of the players that he knew were on the come up from Chivas I think Ooh. I think he's pragmatic uh, Almeida I mean, he he knows what he has, and he tries to make the best of what he has. I mean, we talked about it with Chivas. I mean, they weren't, you know, swimming in talent, but he still made the system work for his player pool. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, if they want to give if if they want to give it to Osorio and give him the keys to the castle, I'm okay with that. Until he does, I mean, if he if he does bad, then you know we have three four years to fire him. And going forward, it's going to be so easy to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, you think that's so? That's true. Yeah, I mean, unless be, you're Jurgen, it's gonna yeah, be, it's, it's very simple. <laughs> it's it's gonna be uh, 48 teams after the next after the cycle. Yeah, yeah we qualified yeah. for 2026, so yeah. you know, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, any final thoughts on Osorio? Trust the hashtag. Trust the process. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And just because I I say he should get the job doesn't mean he's the. I don't think he's. I don't doesn't mean I, I think he's the perfect coach. It just means. You know, it's it's a process, and just just stick with it. What's the worst that can yeah, happen? If someone becomes yeah. available that we really want, okay, then fire him. But the, yeah, and as then, a whole, just as you were saying with the whole FMF actually having his back, that's something that I didn't take into account as well. Where they kind of back him up, you know, in certain instances where any other coach they would just kind of kind of get blamed, or they would be looking for any type of reason just to fire that coach, just to kind of move on to the next one. So you know, you don't yeah. see that same type of treatment as they did with Piojo Herrera after he hit that reporter. Osorio can go up and probably hit five reporters and he wouldn't get fired. You know, that's the type of stuff that you kind of see. I'd like yeah. to see that. Yeah, I mean, even in the like, I see that. I I forgot about that. Like, even the confederations when he was like cussing out everybody, going to the red yeah. and said, "You." Some guy called him paisa, and I'm just like, yeah. "Man, I call my dad that all the time." Like, what's the issue with that? But apparently, in yeah. Colombia, it's a it's like a slur or something along those lines. It's an insult. Oh, really? So, yeah. Apparently, that, that certain part of Colombia that he's from, calling somebody else a paisa is like a, it's like an insult. And he was ready to fight that. New Zealand coach, I think, actually. Yeah, I yeah, remember, I, they even heard the audio. You, you bald head motherfucker, fuck it. I was like, damn. I was like, yeah, think? then he going off to the refs and cussing off the refs and their ear. I was like, wow. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, so that, we see, like, outside, you were watching TV, like, wow, he can't control himself. But I kind of enjoy that. Not because of the, the intensity of that, but because he has a passion. He doesn't want to lose. Right. And, and he, you know, he's in it to win it. And even, yeah. like, when that game in Portugal in the Confederation, I'm, I'm still talking about that because, I mean, I remember that That's clearly, good. but... I mean, when he was like, go to the VAR, go to the VAR. He was like, why the hell are we not going to He was just talking. And, and recently we lost against Brazil. Balls, yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, you bring your mistress to the game with your wife at the same game. You got some balls. I, <laughs> no, you you willing to take some risks. <laughs> hey, what is it? Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> exactly. You know, he's like, I'll see you after the game anyway. You might as well just come through. I got free tickets. <laughs> yeah. I like how one of the knocks on Osorio is that he's like a, he's like a soccer nerd, a tactic nerd. Like, that's like a bad thing. I like how yeah, the Mexican media. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Anything to be negative towards him. But, yeah, very yeah. Well, well, that puts. I mean, we'll see in the next week or so, next couple of weeks, what happens with him. But I mean, his contract is up, so 
We'll see if he gets another extension or if he wants to leave to go coach somewhere else. He signs for the U.S. I don't know if I'm going to be mad or I'm going to be happy. That's that's one of the things I've been kind of pondering about. If he goes to Colombia, it's like, oh, whatever, you know. Yeah, but, same here. Mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be worried, to be honest with you, if he goes to the U.S.A. I'll be really worried because I personally think he'll come back with vengeance. And I mean, knows. to a certain extent. They might give him the keys of the castle the way they did it with Jurgen. He might just flap it up all over again because they'll give him different levels of U.S. soccer. And they'll say, just fix the whole thing. And then he won't be able to do it. But that makes it just reach again. Yeah. You're right. I'm not worried about U.S. soccer, so whatever. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> that, that shout will, will not be named. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on to uh, Liga MX. Some big transfers. Let's start with the transfers. I mean, is there any uh, to any that stick out to you here? I mean, we kind of talked to Pizarro, but any, anything else? Any big uh, transfers in Liga MX? Whether in or out, or coaching changes, you know? Uh, I mean, I found it really interesting that Santos just won, you know, the championship, and apparently they were like, we don't want to win no more because they sold all of their best players. Anini, Izquierdos, Araujo. They're starting from scratch, almost. But they have a good youth youth system, so I'm sure that will also open doors for the youth system. They have one of the oh, best yeah, sure. systems mm-hmm. in Mexico. And, and they're, they're one of the better systems as far as in Liga Mekis that can actually trans, transition talent from their youth exactly. team to actual, like, bigger leagues. If not, you know, they wouldn't be doing as well as they actually are at the moment because yeah. they're not doing it based off buying the best players or anything. But when the market's high for those players, you can make some revenue, especially at, you know, because they're one of the mid-level teams. It's like, why not? Yeah, exactly. And I hear th- I hear they want to bring back Peralta. <laughs> yeah. That'd be that'd, fun to watch. That'd yeah. be fun, yeah, that'd be like fun that. to watch because that's where he really m- made a mark. But, I mean, yeah. going back to, to one of the biggest uh, uh, transfers that I, that for me, sorry to interrupt you, is uh, Pizarro, Guido Pizarro back to Tigres, right? Yeah, here, I'm, yeah. I'm not, right? Like, uh, he yeah, was, that's huge. A good role yeah, that, midfielder, that, that's man. That's huge. Honestly, because, especially in Spain. Yeah, like, I mean, he came back from, who was it with? Sevilla? Sevilla, and, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah he came back to Tigres, and they were talking about who's he going to play with next, Duenas or, and, and Pizarro. I mean, I, I, I like Pizarro. Guido Pizarro, is one. I, he's one of the best players in La Liga MX. He's beside, I don't know, who's, who could be, we could name him. Yeah, he's been for about the last three or four years, honestly. Yeah. Is. The reason they were contending so much, you know, a, a lot of the forwards get a lot of respect. Obviously, Gignac and everybody else they have on the squad. But when you really think about it, who's holding the actual midfield down, it's actually him. Exactly, exactly. You know, That's Ayala isn't the best defender. You know, there's somebody has to be right there in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's that for me was the biggest transfer, that and it didn't make too much spark. Obviously, because of the World Cup was around, but I mean, we don't be It's a playmaker. He's every, he's good at finding defensive. space. Yeah, you know, a lot of people can do that, especially with ball possession. Defensive and attacking and helping create plays. That's one of my favorite players to watch from Tigres. So that mm-hmm. was one of my biggest transfer news that I that I enjoyed. And I, you know, I was heartbroken that Pizarro left from Chivas. Always me being a Chivas fan. I love watching that dude. He's like a mini little Xavi to me. To me. I mean, probably going to get criticized by that. But I miss, I'm going to miss Pisato from Chivas just because of the way he played. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, it's just a summer of uh, change. Typical Liga MX. Exactly. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Ruiz Diaz losing. I mean, Ruiz Diaz going to MLS. That also that also got me in shock because I mean he was the play. He was uh, the elite forward or striker for Morelia. So that also got me kind of like whoa. And like he's leaving obviously, 
you know, for the money, it's, I mean, it's, you're going to take the opportunity if you're going to get paid top dollar more. So, And then all the situations that happen in Mexico, like, for an example, with Chivas, they're not playing the players that, that they never paid them. That's some of the things that, that you got to look at. These players from, for, that are from foreigner players from Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Peru, are they going to, man, am I going to go to Mexico or am I going to go to MLS now? Where MLS, there's not going to be no, pay, no paychecks issues. You know, yes. I heard about yeah. it. Checks Same clear, man. Checks only, clear. only if you're a designated player. If you're not, then yeah. good luck. Yeah, exactly. Wait, what was that about designated players? Oh, it's like the checks. I mean, the checks do clear, but just not as overall as a higher amount as they would for a mid-level player as they would in that in the league I make these, rather than opposed to the MLS. I mean, how, how close do you guys follow MLS? Uh, not that much. You, not that much. <laughs> Be honest with you. Yeah, I, there's no reason. Like they were trying to Fox was just like, oh, check out these MLS games after the World Cup, and I'm just like, yeah, no, something nah. productive with my day. Yeah, I saw that. I saw, who saw that? I think you, I saw that you tweeted, retweeted that, uh, Nestor, that you said, yeah, not after the World Cup. I'm not going to watch that. Yeah, no, I got, <laughs> come on, man. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like mediocrity at that point. You're like, come on, man. <laughs> it's like watching the Sunday <laughs> League out there. I, I try to stay on top of, uh, obviously, be here you know, from Dallas, uh, watching FC, FC Dallas. I have a good friend. She She's a reporter from FC Dallas. And FC Dallas, and I just try to stay on top of you know what they've been doing. It's just, it's just kind of hard watching their games at times. It's just the dynamic of the play, and as you know, as we're... the defense is not there. It's just so wide open, and it's fun, but at the same time, it's like, all right, like, are you guys doing anything as far as youth teams to actually coach these kids how to play defense? Because there's so much space, it's ridiculous. You see Zlatan get on, he scores a goal in the first two minutes. You're like, can I take can I take this league seriously? Or Darwin Quintero, he he left too, right? Didn't he just recently leave? Yeah, he did. I yeah. visited MLS right now, actually. And now he's like, a, yeah, he's like, he's scoring goals. He had a hat trick. Yeah, he's scoring goals every single one. I was like, wow, he couldn't do that in Mexico. So you get to see the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, is the Mexican league better or is MLS better for him? But other than that, I mean, I, I try to stay on top of it as much as I can. And, and I try to see, you know, Dos Santos brothers. I try to see Vela. If they're even in the starting lineup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sadly. <laughs> sadly, sadly, yeah, sadly. Well, um, not to defend MLS, but uh, they're they're spending a lot of money on that t- on that like tier level of player underneath a designated player. So like that mid level player, he's getting paid in MLS now. Like that 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 player <laughs> that used to make like between like five hundred k to one point five million. There's a lot of those in MLS now. I'm not saying Liga MX should be super worried, but they have yeah. money now to get that, you know, that, that, you know, that late twenties, early, you know, early thirties player, veteran. They have yeah. the means now in the salary cap. So, I mean, yeah, now they do. Yeah. If I'm anything saying, propels MLS to be better than Liga Mekis, it'll be money, honestly. And that's we're talking like probably ten to fifteen years down the line because you know they had those that whole thing I think a year or two ago when. You know, as far as uh, players in the MLS that not not so much wanted to sit out, but they were kind of protesting it a bit where they were just like, well, you guys pay all these designated players that money. So I'm kind of glad they're getting that money now as far as that mid-level type of money because, you know, obviously they, they work just as hard as those designated players, or if not harder because, you know, they kind of haven't made if they're designated. And that was due to the uh, players' union and the, and, the, and the owners, like, coming up to a new CBA. So that's... Oh, okay. that was about, which I mean, which which is good. Which is one of the things. I guess we can talk about that real quick, since it kind of plays into the transfers. But the the Pacto de Caballeros is kind of getting weaker. I mean, I th- I kind of mm-hmm. you know I kind of think this has to do a little bit with the 
with a new players union, don't you guys? I mean, what do you guys think? I think it does. I mean, I know Club America was just straight up releasing players earlier this month. No, okay. not putting them to the draft or anything. Uh, I I, I want to see what I want to hear what y'all are gonna say first about that. I haven't really been too much into that Pacto de Caballeros. So I've really. So what do y'all think? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. With the whole Oswaldo Adani situation, it was yeah. kind of getting old. And overall, I got a lot of press coverage. You can tell people were getting more so, not so hate, but they were talking about it more. And obviously, bad publicity, Liga MX. I don't know if it means anything, cause, but the media is a different monster down there. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, you start hearing things such as that, or you see kind of Pasaro go to, I mean, same time Pasaro didn't go to, uh, what is it called, America, but he did go to Monterrey, which I wouldn't say are direct competitors to Chivas, but, you know, they're not the most friendliest Cubs of clubs as well either and i mean wasn't there that whole uh, protest from the players union um last season that they were oh, yeah, threatening sure. to not play the the last jornada the last they got paid mm. i mean that's just a testament i guess to um you know like raul said it is the pacto de caballeros is slowly you know but surely decaying which is a good thing <laughs> and yeah, i mean at least if you're if you're uh if you play for I don't know, like some one of the like one of the crappier te- crappier teams in a, like the Tiburones or you know some of the teams that just get promoted. If you guys aren't Don't getting paid, yeah. If you guys aren't getting paid, you can go to your players union and be like, "Yo, we're not getting paid. We're, our checks aren't coming." So, I mean, that should at least stymie that where you're not getting paid for weeks, months at a time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, we, and you know, players as like Rafa Marquez and other people like that. You know, it was it sounds silly, but. They had a they had an episode of Club de Cuervos. I think if it wasn't this past season, yeah, it was I, a season before where they kind of addressed the whole issue and everything. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. where they're just kind of yeah. talking about it as a whole and just kind of coming together as players. Where you know any other league, they already have that, but in Liga MX, that's kind of unheard of. And it's kind of cool that Rafa's one of the main ones leading the charge as far as when it comes to not only awareness of that but making actual change happen. Yeah, it's also one of the reasons I'm yeah. kind of disappointed he's uh, he's gonna be working for Atlas now because he can't yeah, work for Atlas here. and be a president of the players. He's like, I know how they think. He's like, we got this in the bag. <laughs> Secure the bag. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he did it with the hey, oh, okay. I'm not gonna talk about that. All right, but um, <laughs> allegedly, man, allegedly. allegedly, allegedly, you know, hey, he, he didn't. They didn't. What was that? This World Cup? He would He couldn't be mad at a match or anything along those lines. Not saying that he would be. He couldn't have sponsors. Yeah, he couldn't have sponsors. He couldn't be behind a Budweiser logo behind him or anything. Yeah. Along as far as American, and I was kind of, I was, I was kind of laughing about that. And I was gonna write an article about it, but I couldn't find any Atlas, uh, like logos that 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 they had of American uh products or anything along those lines. So if not, it would have been pretty ironic. But I couldn't find anything. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, any other transfers you guys want to talk about that happen or might happen? What about the six new coaches that are going to be part of the, the eight? The, out of the 18 teams, there's six new coaches. You know, Paco Palencia is going to be with Lobos Boap. We're going to have Querétaro has a new coach. Obviously, Monterrey has Diego Alonso. Uh, I forgot the other three coaches. But the one, I, who's the, the ex-coach from, uh, oh, my gosh, he's with Querétaro now. Rafael Puente, is that, is that he? I want to, mm-hmm. isn't he? Yeah, like I want to see how he's going to do with Querétaro and having all those players in. Querétaro, hey, surprisingly, Querétaro has been coming up for a couple of years now. It's from my honestly, they have. Their counterattacks yeah. are scary. Yeah. I remember yeah. when Chivas was playing, I'd be, honestly, I'd be sweaty. Yeah. Like the Jordan Peele meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, ah, hold on, guys. Uh, what do you and, mean? And their youth system. <laughs> yeah, and, and their youth system is, you know, has been progressing. Year. They have this goalkeeper from here from Dallas, uh, Benny Diaz. 
he's over there with Querétaro and he's always posting pictures. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, their youth system has, has been progressing. But I want to see how, how Rafael Puente is going to be with, with Querétaro. That's what I want to see. Obviously, Paco Palencia and then Cardoso with Chivas. That meme still has me laughing when he's like in the bench and he's like telling somebody hi. Who said, who put that? Who retweeted? I think it was uh, Regal that he said, when your uncle comes and watches you in the game and he gives you like a. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the funniest meme that I, see. I don't know if y'all saw that. That was funny, but yeah, just the six coaches are going to be in, in, in part of the, the the new, you know, the Liga MX. Just like think. always, a lot of coach yeah. turnover. Yeah, yeah. Like, as as yeah, as if we need any more uh, reason to watch, you know. Yeah, exactly. I I'm just like you said, uh, more again. It's always the same coaches that get recycled. I mean, I don't even know if Alfred, uh, at least Fernando Tena is still around because him and his brother have been. Man, they were part of all the teams for many years. It's like when you see rappers mm-hmm. with the same girls, you're like, damn, is that the only people that you guys know? It's like, yeah. you know that's <laughs> yeah, the only exactly. coaches you guys know? It's like, geez, man. There's a bit more coaches. Gotta keep so, recycling yeah. those coaches. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, what's his name? The one that was with Atlas a couple of seasons ago, Profe Cruz. I'm pretty sure he's been with literally every team except yeah. like the big ones. Yeah. yeah I don't think they he, don't he, trust he, him with that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Can't give him the keys. Not. No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, so we'll see about that. It'll be fun to watch and, you know, after 10 days, see which coach is already in the hot seat and see uh, Football Picante saying, talking about who should get fired already. <laughs> All right, speaking of Football Picante, speaking of Football Picante, did y'all see that uh, interview that Jose Ramon Fernandez had with himself? Did y'all what? see that? Y'all see, no, y'all didn't see that? Like, y'all should Google it. I'm going to see if I can tweet it and I can find it right now and I can show it to y'all. So he did it like uh, towards the on Saturday. It was or, or yeah, it was Saturday. He had he set up an interview with him. It was like it was like himself interviewing himself basically. It was one side. It was him asking him the questions to him, and it was really in depth, man. Like it, it was emotional for him. Like you got to a point like you know what would you tell your kids? And he was like, man, I I don't know what I could tell him. Like I was never there for them. He has four kids, and he's like, I just I was never good. Like basically, I'm not a good father because I devoted my life to this, which is what I love. And I was like, oh. damn. Yeah, it was really in that. I was like, wow. Well, like, put I that pin on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, I know. But I'm just like, I remember watching him since I was young and in uh, Deporte TV in, uh, in, in TV Azteca in Mexico when I, when I would go in the summer and watch all the games and all watch him. Like, I was just amazed by him. But seeing this, 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 you know, this interview that he did to himself, like, it, it kind of opened. I was like, wow. Like, it's, you know, all, all that he's done and he's covered, you know? So, I mean, it was just a little bit off topic, but I'll see if I can see on the link. <laughs> <laughs> Man, shit got real deep right there. Yeah, I really did. I'm telling you, like he got really emotional. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. And then he, went, then then he went back. Then he went back to his trash takes. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see if I can. They aired that whole segment back. on TV. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me see if I can send it right now. Yeah. You gotta find content because there's nothing going on. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know. If this is it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tag you right now. So. Um. So yeah, I mean, who's a couple? I mean, we've kind of talked about a little bit of the players, but. I mean, like, Nestor, are there any young Mexican players you are, like, especially looking forward to watching? Uh, that, honestly, watching the whole Toulon tournament, it, it gives me a lot of hope for the younger players as a whole. Just in general, you know, I feel like just a half a year ago to a year ago, we were all talking about how those, you know, as far as Mexican forwards, there was nobody that was actually going to be out there to actually be able to replace, you know, because all the statistics of Liga Amekis and, you know, how... Sepulveda last season or yeah last season actually scored the only goal I think in the Liga Mekis playoffs and you kind of saw that coming but you know that tournament as a whole I think who won Golden Boot wasn't the the young Mexican I forgot his name 
But um, overall, it kind of gives me hope as far as those young forwards that they have. You know, not all of them. One of them, I think, plays on the Portal B team. I think Malik, if I'm not mistaken. And yes. uh, as far as the midfielders also, which can find a lot of space. You know, Jonathan Gonzalez yesterday was just announced as the young player of the year for Liga Mekis. So he gives me a lot of hope as well. I'm glad that he ended up being capped by uh, Osorio. So that is one thing, one good thing Osorio has done. You know, don't bash me, but... <laughs> One good thing that he had done. And, uh, you know, just little stuff like that that lets you know that coaches actually care. But um, that other young midfielder from America, the one that was injured for the final at Dolon. I forgot his name. The uh, one everybody's comparing to Messi. Diego Linus? Yeah, Diego Linus. I'm really hyped about seeing him more. I mean, I'm a Chivas fan, so I feel like Who's it's not? sacrilege even saying that. Let's hope he gets more playing time. Yeah, seriously. Well, all, all the injuries that the, the strikers... Or all I mean, players, I just left too, didn't he? He's playing for Dorados now. Who? So, oh. Young midfielder for uh, that was playing for America last year, but he didn't get any looks. Now, hopefully, he gets a few looks when he's playing for Dorados. So, hopefully that. But as far as... I just want to see a couple more people move to Europe. I know there's obscure Mexicans that a lot of people don't know are playing in Europe as, you know, this down the other tier. Yeah, as people just like that as a whole, but I just want to see the players get more of a stage that a studio has been doing, and I'll be kind of more content with that, or as a whole, Liga Mekis and not being c- controlled by Argentine, Chilean, or any of those other players from South America, yeah. which is cool, because they make more money than they would in their leagues, but it kind of messes up the playing time for the youth that could be developing in Liga Mekis. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, real quick, just to summarize uh, Toulon tournament this year. It was Eduardo Aguirre who had seven goals who led the yes. tournament. Yeah. And he played for Tampico on loan from yeah. Santos. So. It's crazy because he was playing in the Ascenso of Mekis. Like, no one was looking for him. I didn't yeah. even know he Everybody was upset before. that he was starting over Malik, I think. Yeah. And they were just like, well, what do you mean? You're not going to see this. But then he ends up, you know, being the highest scorer of the whole tournament. You know, it kind of shut everybody up. So it's, it, it's good to know that the youth coaches know what they're doing as well. Yep, and then uh, he he won the Golden Boot with seven, and then in second place was three with uh, Roberto Alvarado. Yeah. yeah, and he plays for Cruz Azul. Well, I mean that's a lost cause already. You know, yeah. don't don't bring that guy up. But uh, no, just <laughs> aside, hopefully they can have somebody like a score for them because over the past two or three years that's been kind of the thing they're missing in the final third where they can make decent build up play, but you know, coaches getting fired over goals that haven't been scored. And uh, real quick on uh, Alvarado, he's actually the youngest player ever to play in that Liga Ascenso. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, really? he was well. 15 years old and 21 days when he played for uh, wow. for Celaya, Los Tecos. He's got to finish his homework. Ahorita regreso, profe. Tengo un partido. Ya no tengo tiempo. Ya me necesito ir. Uh, when he was 16, he actually had trials with uh, Manchester United and Sunderland and then uh, Leicester City. And how does Sunderland not sign someone? That's ridiculous. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, let's see, uh, Diego Lainez was the best player of the tournament. Yep. That was really hyped about that. Yeah. And then uh, Despite Mexico, that, Mexico had uh, four players in the best 11. They had uh, Cesar Montes, Jorge Sanchez, Aguirre, and Lainez. So. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Cesar, too. Yeah, Cesar Montes is one of... Yeah. He's the Cesar next uh, Diego Reyes. We're going to 
put uh, all these expectations on him and see what happens. <laughs> I just yeah. hope Osorio. I just hope Osorio doesn't put him as a as a contención. Because <laughs> he's not a contención. I hope he you put him as a defensive mid. Don't worry. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I'm joking, but you'll see. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Who do you got your eye on, Antonio? Hey, man. I mean, everyone that we just named so far. Like I said, I hope Linus gets more playing time. Obviously, with Menez and and Cecilio Dominguez out, um, he probably will. Um, and you know, Lalo Aguirre from Santos, Roberto Alvarado, everyone that we just named have they've kind of been on the come up. And I think something really cool that the league really did. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but like they like reinstituted this like new this like rule to give younger players more opportunities, more minutes. So like they like made it where like each of the eighteen clubs have to give at least a certain amount of minutes to players born um, in this year. I think it was 97 during this season. And then like a certain amount of minutes to, to players born in 98 for the next, for like the next season. And so I think that's really cool that they're um, actually taking steps to make sure that um, Mexican born players and like people that are coming up from the canteras actually get, you know, a spot on their team, a starting spot. Yep. That's good. Now they just need to institute it in Liga Mekis and limit the type of foreign players, which, you know, I understand. And it's a good thing to see those players prosper as well. But obviously, you always want to see Mexico first when you're a supporter of the FMF. Exactly. Right. And any, anything to add on and then these youngsters you got here? Uh, the 20 year old from Santos, Jesus Angulo. That's one of the players that last season or yeah, when they won it, he uh, made, a, made a name for himself. Jesus Angulo was the was it wing the winger right he was a defender well, he was a left wing him and uh, the recent goalie that Chivas signed from Porto uh, Raúl Gudiño oh, Gudiño yeah Gudiño yeah, I want to see if he's going to be you know if he's going to make a mark himself in Chivas because after Cota I mean he has a big you know shoes to fill in so just really those two players that you know a little bit more Eric Gutierrez from Pachuca obviously you know we've heard about him known about him so maybe he can. Uh, take the next step and um, go to Europe after this season, you know, all goes well for him. Because, again, like we're all just talking about how Osorio gives all the youngsters opportunity. He took them to the World Cup. He, I believe he, he should have played a little bit more. Yeah, he should have played more than one battle. Exactly, yeah. He should have played a little bit more. I love when he took them, but... Yeah, same here. And and, and he fit in his uh, style of play. Not like Pizarro, sadly. Uh, so, Eric Gutierrez yeah. did fill in his style. It would have been nice if he would have taken Pizarro. He would have had those three guys from Pachuca. They were all starting Pachuca. Pizarro, Chucky, mm-hmm. and, and Gutierrez. But yeah, just mine is just... What about Jordan Dam? Jordan Dam. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about Jordan Dam. If he Some can only finish... He's still running. Ball- yeah. To this day, <laughs> you know what's the funniest? I, I, I love memes, but the funniest meme that I've seen of him is when he takes off his shirt and they compare it to Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. He looks <laughs> like Skeletor, man. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. The boy out here struggling. He needs to eat a meal. It's like he's hey. running away from food too. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So hey, man, those are got you, Mr. Burns. Damn. <laughs> those are the memes. I don't make them. I just saw. <laughs> Loki yeah. is just an older version of Carlos Sierra. But, uh, oh, don't, say <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> don't be that cruel, man. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. I, I hope he fulfills his potential, though. But when he signed to Tigres as a whole for that long-term deal, I was like, man, your fate's sealed, bro. I was like, yeah. good luck getting out of there. You know how many players try to get out of there that you can't? I was like, man, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that pisses me off most about Jurgen Dam is that he had the easiest way to go to Europe. He has a German passport. Oh, yeah, so he doesn't need that. He doesn't need anything. Like, he can just go. He doesn't go. need a visa or anything. Nope. Those, and he backs. wouldn't count as a non-EU player, so more teams would give him a chance. 
<laughs> to, to be fair, though, that's the most Mexican thing he could do is just kind of stay in Mexico. <laughs> just like, nah, ya me quedo, wey. Ya, ya pa' qué. Ya mi familia está acá. Like, oh. Yeah. A couple, one more point on Gutierrez. He just turned 23 years old during the World Cup. So he's 23. He already has over 138 games in Liga MX itself and over 11,000 minutes. Yeah, he was the captain for Pachuca yeah, last he's season. He's been too. the captain for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just crazy. I just I don't, I mean it's it's crazy that he's the captain there. So I don't know if he's gonna. I mean they if the right offer comes, Pachuca is known to sell. I mean they sold uh, Hector Herrera and Chucky. Yeah, so if an offer comes in, it. they'll sell. If they, oh. if they have like fifteen percent of the contracts, though, so they end up getting paid when they end up getting sold later That's on. Smart. As well. That's what you like, do. That's just smart. Yeah, exactly. I know you ever thought about it though, like if it kind of hindered Herrera. Like to that certain extent, because there was another party involved. I mean, I, no. I don't know. I know he's captaining for Porto at the moment, which you know Mexicans in Porto hasn't gone so well as far as everybody's concerned, except for Edeta. He's been the only exception, and I've been kind of waiting for that second move for him to kind of go go up to that other plateau of either being in the BPL or La Liga or anything along those lines, and it just yeah. kind of hasn't happened. But, I mean, what's yeah. wrong with being at Porto? They're constantly winning the league. They're constantly in Europe. I, I mean, Benfica has been whooping them for the past few years. I know they did it last year, but it's like it wasn't looking good as far as, like, the last three, four years. And then they had been through, what, two different coaches as well. And then that made playing time, you know, they bring Pegatito in as a substitute all last season. And they yeah. won the league. So, I mean, maybe they're doing the right thing, but. <laughs> Actually, you know Pegatito started most of the games. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, he just he would only play like sixty minutes, but I mean oh, he okay, started. There you go, there. I forgot. It's all the way around. He would get taken out. Yeah, after about fifty, sixty. <laughs> the the also awesome player that I also forgot to mention is that play, the the forward that Pachuca has, Victor Guzman. You remember he was. Oh yeah, he got. Oh up. yeah. Yeah, he was gonna get called up, and I had him here in my notes. Out. I forgot and, uh, about it. Remember, like when I when I saw him play with Pachuca, I was like, wow, this dude. Really good. Beat. Honestly, I like him I, more than Henry Martin. Yeah, I, oh, oh, easy, bro, hands easy, down. hands down. Him and uh, what's the other dude, uh, Alvarado, Alvarado from Pumas, yeah. or he went to, uh, he's in Europe, or where did he come back? Now, anyways, that Herrera, Herrera, his last name is Herrera. I forgot his name from Pumas. I'm always forgetting the name. Anyways, he started with Pumas. Lalo Herrera. Lalo, Lalo, Lalo yeah, yeah. Lalo, Lalo Herrera. Was yeah. playing for like Rangers. Oh, he was playing for, for like, Rangers with Gudi. Yeah, yeah. yeah you hey, see man. him. I- they had him and, and, and Henry Martin playing together. Remember when they were when they called them up? I was like, oh my god, this is just bad. But Victor Guzman, <laughs> Victor Guzman, before he got hurt, he was scoring almost every other game or every oh. game. Yeah, so hopefully you know we can see him progress the season, see him a little bit more. Hopefully he comes back that injury because man, it was really brutal, especially at that. Yeah. Especially during around the World Cup, that type yeah. of time, it's just it's brutal to see anybody go through that. Mm-hmm. And I think he would have made the squad, to be honest with you. I think he oh, would have yeah, made the squad. He would have. Yeah. I'd much rather yeah. take in than Peralta. Oh, easy. Definitely, yeah. Peralta was already over the edge, but I mean. Oh, yeah. And, uh, um, I mean, all right, well, let's start, not to wrap up, but let's just let's just get to some crazy dumb predictions. Uh, <laughs> who's your favorite to win the league, Nestor? My favorite? I'm going to say, I'm going to say right now that Oh, God, it sounds America. I'm the Chivas fan, but I don't know. I'm, I think that 
Yoho's doing decent there, and they're going to be a contender. Santos, not so much, just because that they lost majority of their players. And, you know, there's always that transition year, especially after you win, or that kind of fatigue that you get end up getting hit with. But Chivas, I'm not expecting much. <laughs> new, new, new season, new coach. Pisado's gone. It's like trophies. I hope if we had 11 trophies, I'd be picking Chivas all day. But, I mean, we don't, but... Yeah. Say louder for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I just want 11 trophies flown on the field. I ever, uh, the Chief of the North the podcast said that, and I was like, that's the smartest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> Who do you got, Antonio? Man, I haven't really put much thought into this, but obviously you got the teams that are always going to be in it. Tigres, you know, uh, America, like you said. Monterrey's got a really, really good team. They brought um, some good transfers, Gallardo, they had, uh, a couple other players. And, um, you know, we'll see if Diego Alonso can finally get them, get them to the final and get them to win something. Because with Turco, it wasn't working out. They always choked. Alonso already has a championship, so so we'll have to see. He but twice, yeah. Yeah, twice. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I think of who else. Uh, I think I think that's it for like the clear winners, the clear favorites for me. Who you got your hair? Yeah. Who's winning? Who's uh, winning the ship? I I I got Monterrey. I'm gonna piggyback what Antonio said. I got, I feel like I, again, I'm a Chivas fan, just like Nestor, and, and I'm a diehard fan of Chivas. But I just think the whole movements and everything that's made has happened recently. I don't think I'm, I don't expect any high results from them. Uh, again, you know, America could be in it, Tigres, but I, I think Monterrey with the uh, with the addition of Pizarro being there and Jonathan Gonzalez having more of a role, and cannot forget Funes Mori, uh, which I actually I actually played against him in the MLS uh, in the Sonia MLS years ago. I played against him, and we're in the same squad. I will, we're in the same squad playing, or I forgot. Anyways, I, I played with him here, FC Dallas, when that was that trial. A very very one of the best players I played against. And uh, but yeah, I, I think Monterrey will, will go probably the, the furthest and win it all. And Diego Alonso is a very good coach. I so totally forgot that Diego Alonso used to be that player when Pumas used to come in when he was with Hugo Sanchez. He would come in and score those goals in the last minute. Do you remember that? Diego Alonso was that striker. He would come in for Bruno Marioni. Remember? I didn't. I forgot about this. Like, where's Diego Alonso? Where do I remember from? But he was that striker that would come in the last few minutes and, and score a goal to tie or to win it. Y'all remember those times? It was like when Hugo Sanchez was the coach. <laughs> Back that was day. not a good time in history. I remember. We, don't, we don't talk about that. But right? <laughs> <laughs> there was a question I was seeing right here on Twitter, like uh, Raúl, when you posted, you know, what can send us your questions? Uh, there was a question that Cesar Hernandez sent us, and then uh, some person uh, also asked, "Do you think Mohamed will buy Pizarro to sell to Vigo?" Uh, you know, there's always talk about that. That since Mohamed moved to Spain, would he take players from La Liga MX over there? Uh, that could be an opportunity. Have you ever thought about that? I don't think. I mean, uh, he's not gonna. He's not gonna bring Pizarro. Celta's not that big of a club. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, that's. Just, he already has Araujo. Nestor. Yeah, and he bought him for like probably less than four or five million dollars. Yeah. People were talking about deal. Jonathan Gonzalez and Cesar Montes yeah. going over there, but nothing came. Nothing came from it. They're not gonna let him go for Jeep. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Not that. Not now. And they don't have the budget. Maybe if it feels like a more so higher mid-level team than maybe, but no, I don't see it. Um, just finish that off. Uh, I also think Monterrey is the favorite, um, but um, uh, Ivan Pineda from the the wing. Uh, I forget. I can't even think of the name. But from from uh, the 
Eyeglass podcast? He says, the Eagle Eye. Eagle Eye. God, I couldn't think of it. But um, do you guys, who's your dark horse? I mean, we all kind of agreed in Monterey, Monterey in America, but like, any dark horse? I mean, it's League MX, so you never know. <laughs> Man, I haven't even thought about that. I haven't even thought about that, really. Um... What about the Luca? Sambuesa's still there, right? Yeah. If he can stay on the field, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really thought about that. What do y'all think? If I, I think pick... maybe Tijuana. Oh, yeah, Tijuana, oh, man. Honestly, they're building they got it, a really good young goalkeeper. They've got a good team. Tijuana got rid of a lot goal. of their players, too, though. I mean, to a certain extent, I see that. But maybe, you know, yeah. as far as a dark horse, something you're not expecting, somebody you're not expecting to do well, I'd say, you know, I'd kind of pick them. They have a, they have a good philosophy at that club, and. I feel like they got a good head on their shoulders as far as the uh, executives that are making decisions, and they kind of have a kind of plan and set up for themselves. Yep. Do you still get the casino owner or no? Cruz Azul. That's my. I think so. Oh my god! Come on. <laughs> You're gonna make this call. You gotta drop, go, man. cuz. <laughs> You're gonna uh, make it for the shirt. Yeah. No. <laughs> Cruz Just I mean, it's been so many years for them. You just never know what can happen. Do? Probably. I don't know. Did it? It's like, man. Didn't the FMF account tweet like, "Oh, France just won the World Cup. Does that mean Cruz Azul is next?" Didn't they tweet something out like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know who said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I saw that. I was like, man, what? what? I was like, man, these some hot takes. <laughs> yeah. That's straight they, up. Uh... They got like a completely new team. They got a bunch of new players. So. They Who knows? The year, but they still are not doing much. And then they they fold. They kind of implode. Where you know they can do a lot Ooh. of good, a lot of good things, and they have a, a a good amount of players. But as far as talent wise, but you know when it really comes down to it, I feel like at the end of the year, at the end of the season, they're always in contention to make the playoffs. And if they are in a comfortable spot going into the playoffs, they end up just dropping it right away. Or, you know, if mm-hmm. if you don't expect much from them, they do well. If you do, then they do horrible. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Ness. Uh, a team that I think they're probably not going to do well or not even make the league or anything like that, but a team I really liked watching last year or last season was Atlas with all the youth that they had. Oh, yeah. They, they started off with, like, a bunch of, you know, they had, like, Ravel Morrison and, like, players from, like, they used to play in Europe. But as the season progressed, they started using more of their youth and, um, you know, like Brian Garnica, Cristian Calderon, players like that. And I really like seeing all those players um, on the same team at the same time, I think I think Atlas got a bright future at least. It's exciting to watch. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie either. It's like there's a lot of those games where it was just like I was like, man, you gotta watch Atlas play. You know what I mean? But it's it's not the worst thing in the world either anymore. Especially if Atlas <laughs> gets in uh, management, maybe they'll get better somehow. I don't know how that would have a correlation, but because it would be his first job. But I mean, we'll we'll see. What do you guys think about Leon this upcoming season? Do you think they're gonna do anything? Uh, tough to say. I mean, who have they signed? That's like pretty big. They let go of London Donovan. Yeah, I mean, finally, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you know, they still got who's their coach? It's not Mat- no, Matosas is not there. Who's their coach? Um, at the moment, I don't remember his their oh, coach's name. Gustavo Diaz. Gustavo Diaz. Yeah. Who do they still have on that team? It's uh oh, well, Chapito. Chapo, 
Yeah, I got Boselli. You still got, got Yarbrough. No. Yeah, they got Gota now too. Well, they got they Gota now. Be... Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... they do. They finally got him back. I could see. I could see. Uh, I could see Yarbrough coming to the MLS. I could see that after Cota coming there, it's definitely yeah, Cota is going to be the starter uh, goalkeeper for them. I could see Jarbul. Now that he's going to be, he's the part of the national team for the United States. I can easily see that. So they got Colombia's Meja. They got uh, Fernando Navarro, which I feel like never developed. But you know, obviously Luis. But they Monte. lost uh, Elias Hernandez, man. Yeah, they. Oh my God! Oh, they you're did. Right. He did. They did. And I, I the think I just, he, he went there. to Cruz Azul too. Wasn't Elias Nandes? Yeah, they Chivas? did all go to Cruz Azul. That's right. Damn. Yeah. I forgot about that. They lost Elias and they lost Andres Andrade. Yeah, they did. Oh, Andrade, Andrade was probably with them. He was with America, right? He was, yeah, before yeah, that. Yeah, he was, yeah. Club León. That's my second team just because my family's from there. So I, I love watching them. But, I mean, the best time watching them was when they won their championships back-to-back. It's like, that's like Morelia for me. It's like, oh, great, you guys avoided regula- relegation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, gee, season highlights. It's like from uh, Gun originally. Um, let me go through a couple more questions. Um, just anyone jump in with an answer. Uh, who's going to be the first coach to be fired? Hmm. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> I vote the whoever is the Chivas coach. I feel like they're gonna be on the hot seat, but I feel like Almeida was on the hot seat the whole time. He still kept his job. Yeah, but he won. He won titles. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I feel like Cruz Azul's manager. Right there. Yeah. Like it's always... <laughs> and then they'll yeah. just they'll just yeah, they'll just uh demolish on I mean uh yeah, just like I think it'll be for Puebla, Enrique Mesa, Lojitos Mesa. He too has been recycled so many times. I think Enrique Mesa. He's doing will good with Puebla, though. He did good. I, think be... oh, I could see that. Yeah, he's, he's always been like that. Like he had one good season or two good seasons, and the next one just blah, just <laughs> plunge terribly. I just think him. Maybe even I could. Who I could does Pumas even have as a coach? It says David Patino. <laughs> David Patino. Who? David Patino, yeah. But uh, <laughs> he might he might be the first one of the first ones to go because he has really done like that. That guy David looks like he starts for the team. Like, you... <laughs> 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 look at his picture. It looks like he starts. <laughs> this is second time second time being around with the team, right? Last year he was there too, wasn't he? With yeah, with Pumas, so. David Patino, yeah. Yeah, Pumas. I feel like they should have did better than they did last year. Um, Nestor, if you had uh, the power to change or add one rule in Liga MX from Cesar, uh, Cesar sent this question, what would it be? Then, for me, it would be uh, only Mexicans can play in the league. (laughs) 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 Not to that extent, but just overall that it would be uh, more favored towards Mexicans and not just more so foreigners. So we, I mean, it might make the league a little bit more boring, but a lot of players would get a chance and develop that maybe wouldn't have gotten a chance. What about you, Antonio? If there was one rule that I could change? Is that yep. a question? Yep. Um, yeah, I mean... I gotta go with more, like uh, like Nestor said, more Mexican talent. I think the rule that they had right now is a good start. I hope they keep building on to that. And, um, because, you know, we obviously need it for, like, the national team. Uh, for 
if we want to make the quinta partido, we got to develop this talent, and that's that's the way to do it. You know, I mean, you talk, you look at leagues like the like the BPL or the Bundesliga, where they you know remodeled and they kept up with the times. That's because they hosted a World Cup, though. They used that as a springboard. I mean, hopefully twenty. I mean, hopefully we don't have to wait till twenty twenty six. But well, we, we're, we're not building new stadiums. Yeah, we're just that, gonna that, use that, the yeah. the three Azteca, Monterrey, and then Chivas Stadium. Yeah, those are the newest too. Well, the newest is gonna be the Cruz Azul Stadium too, aren't they building a stadium? Yeah, but I mean, that's not. It wasn't included in the bid, so I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, true. yeah, that's true. Didn't even know that. Again, who wants to play there? You know, it's like <laughs> it's bad luck. <laughs> and, and it's nice. Just Man. nobody wins. <laughs> we're we're a Liga MX podcast minus Cruz Azul. That's what we are right now. <laughs> I'm gonna find so the biggest Cruz Azul fan and have him on next week. It's 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 so it's so easy to bash them. It's like geez, it's like, uh, and that's coming from a Chivas fan. Like they're the yeah. Stoke City of uh, Liga MX. I don't even think they're that good. They're like Sunderland. It's like players do well when they're not there. It's like, <laughs> like they're on the bigger and better thing. Yep, I agree. Or get the old players that were good at one time, but they're not anymore. And they try to be like, "Oh, we're gonna do something with this," and they don't do much with it. Uh, what about you, Yahir? What rule would uh, you change, Red, if any? Uh, just what everybody, all y'all saying. Just give more opportunity for the for the youngsters uh, to start developing, giving that confidence to the coach, and you know, I, I, that's just one of the biggest ones that I that I would like to see. It's I think that's one of the most argued pinpoints. That everybody always will come up on, and and, and even was brought up in Club de Cuervos, Remember, yeah, <laughs> how they were giving more opportunity to the foreign players, and I mean, yeah, Chicharito. You know, even when Chicharito sometimes he talks, he's like, "Oh, this player comes in, he's a foreign player. We got to pay him like thirty million. If it's a young player coming in, we can't pay him top money because he's just a Mexican player. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah, no. so it shouldn't be like that. It's just my biggest thing is to give more opportunity for the young players, and maybe bring back that whole. The Segunda División to let the teams, the last three teams, go to the Segunda División and the top three teams come back up, or top two teams or whatever, one team come back up. I, I think that makes the league more competitive now. That yeah, will it make does. The, it'll make the, the league higher, more, you know, more competitiveness. That's just my... Yeah, relegation as a whole is just, it's going to, I mean, it's kind of exciting. I'm not going to lie. It makes some of those games at the end of the year that aren't worthwhile kind of... Uh-huh worthwhile and you kind of see them and it's something to talk about something to write about it's something to kind of engage us more into the league whereas if when because it's not going to be a thing anymore there's nothing to talk about there we're just like okay these are the bottom three teams it is what it is we'll see what they do but at that point we start sounding like the mls to be honest with you and i don't mind i hope i hope at least in this time where there's no relegation that just like gives the opportunity to the league of the senso clubs to to start you know you know, just getting their shit together, and and because there was what like what like five clubs that could even be promoted at the end yeah. of last season. Yeah, there was, but a lot, a lot of things it came into effect, like you know, like financial, like situation and things along those lines. It kind of prevented a few of them from even trying to do that. But hopefully, something along those lines. And I just wish we had a rule that was implemented that you wouldn't be able to fire the your head coach for the first three months of uh, <laughs> of the Clausura or La Apertura. Because I would want to see what would happen, you know, because it wouldn't be so easy to just walk away from a coach. You kind of have this coaching carousel that you kind of see coaches left and right at the same clubs, and it's just like, well, you're just kind of doing the exact same thing. Nothing's going to change. You know, what's a, you know what's a simple rule that would get rid of that coaching carousel? What? Make it one season. Oh, true. <laughs> no, people, no, they'd be, <laughs> people would riot <laughs> over coaches. They need to get fired. 
No, they wouldn't at all. Veracruz runs through coaches like no one else. Exactly. They're just like, does your uncle know about uh, football? And they're just like, yeah. They're like, whoa, I guess he's our new coach. And <laughs> <I don't laughs> <care anyone. it's, laughs> I don't be surprised if one of us are coaching Veracruz one day. And you're just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> just like, well, you know, they just offered me the job at the bar one night. <laughs> if I, I picked up the Zuber a... driver, yeah. <laughs> If I could change one rule, it would just be uh, the TV contract situation. Oh, my God, that too. I almost forgot about that. If, I think if you fix the TV contract, do it. I mean, if La Liga can do it with Real Madrid and Barcelona, we could do it with Club America and Chivas, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> just just settle Chivas it up. TV. Yeah, I mean, just settle it up so they all get this. It's all in one contract. So then yeah, we don't so everybody have, gets money. We don't have six games kicking off at seven o'clock on a you know on a Saturday night. Oh my god! <laughs> and hey, then do you guys ever see the articles when people try to post for that type of stuff? Yeah, <laughs> it's just, I've it's, seen it's that. a mess. And then Roth was just losing his money. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. And who I was listening to a podcast recently from uh, Soccer Scumbags, Rigo, but it was this was like recorded in 2016, 2017. It's like years old. And they're discussing about how the games are just interfere with the times, and so that's a good that's a good uh, pin that's a good topic that you just brought up, Raul. That's just something that I'm like, man, all the games come at the same time. <laughs> and then if you think yeah. about it, if everyone's in the same TV contract, everyone gets money. I mean, Lobos Pop didn't have a TV contract till what, like week nine last season? Dude, that was yeah. ridiculous. I feel like that was yeah. something that was not talked about enough. I was like, this is outlandish. I was like, I understand. I was like, but come on, guys, they got rid of relegation. They're going nowhere. Like, give them a TV contract. So then I would set hey, up some, I would set up some Liga MX is under one contract, and then just like in La Liga, you set aside a certain percentage of that for money yeah. for maybe for the Division Two or something, you know, like or or do what they do in the EPL. You know, if you get relegated, you still get some money spread out over the next five years, like a balloon payment, you know. Yeah. yeah get some money, Rafa Benitez would be able to spend. You know, make that team get in the championship. Exactly. But uh. <laughs> All right. Let me see if there's any more questions we got. Well, from uh, Flo, from the Chivas and Norte podcast, oh. should Yunak have been in the team instead of Giroud? That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, he should have been, but that goal that Gignac almost had, was it past World Cup cycle? I forgot what it was, but I don't know. I feel like Gignac does well until he puts that French jersey on, and then I don't know what happens. But Is he the doesn't... Hugo Ayala of uh, the French national team? He honestly might be, or even you can even call him a Pixaro at this point. But just as a whole, he just he he does well. He does good movement, especially outside shots. But I mean, it just doesn't. I guess they just didn't suit the style of the play because you really see it. There's they have really good midfielders that are able to move the ball up, but then they just really need a striker that's going to sit there and do some decent movements. Yeah, that's what I was saying. he wasn't going to fit with the team at all. No, he wasn't. He's more, so, was trash. he's more so on the counter, make a couple of good passes, and be able to do a lot of good. But, you know, if you're looking for somebody that's going to be good on headers, set pieces, things along those lines, then, you know, Giroud was the pick. And honestly, French, I mean French, France this World Cup was really boring to watch, and that kind of sucked. But, I mean, they got results out of it, but I just feel like they weren't as fun to watch as they had been in previous World Cups. It was like Italy when they won in 2006. Yeah, it was like, geez, like, yeah, like six defenders in the back. Like, come on, man. Nah, man, nothing is like Italy. <laughs> Dude, that was that was the most boring. It was 1-0 every single game. 
<laughs> with Buffon just standing there. I was like, geez, we're going to be here all day. Yeah, I remember that. But uh, We got one last question sub- submitted like a minute ago from Giant uh, from Jaime on Twitter. How do you guys think Cardosa will do as the Chivas manager? I guess real quick. Uh, <sighs> for, any, for Nestor, go ahead, Nestor. You're a Chivas fan, right? I feel like Cardoso is going to do well. And then when he doesn't, he'll just be out that quick. <laughs> I feel like he's just, uh, you know, where they kind of bring that coach in, where he's just kind of intermittent until we find somebody else that's going to fit the role. I don't feel like he was really thought out for a long-term plan. I just feel like this is okay for right now. Develop some young talent. See what we can do with no expectations in the league, and we'll take it from there. But other than that, uh, I, I, can't, I can't say much for him. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think he'll be one of the first coaches – in the hot seat of not one of the first coaches fired just because the Chivas fan base and the media as a whole, they overreact when it comes to Chivas, you know, yeah. I forgot who wrote an article. I think it was, uh, I forgot who it was, but they were saying that, you know, as soon as Chivas, you know, they start, they lose two games in a row. People are just like, Oh my God. Like they start pushing the panic button. They just start like really going off just because when really it might've been on the air or it might've been a ref or something along those lines. Anyone else? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I think, Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, man. No, no, no. Go ahead, bro. Sorry. All right. I think, I think, yeah, I think you put it perfectly, Nestor. He's just kind of the, the, you know, the one till the next one comes around. If yeah, he he's ever the does. John Fox of Liga MX. Yeah. So, so I have no expect. Me as a Chios fan as well, I don't really have any expectations for this team, or for Pepe Cardoso. Uh, I just want them to do, you know, the best that they can with the talent that they have, which, you know, you could say isn't much, but. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, I think he only lasts the season and that's it because after the season, if he doesn't deliver, deliver anything or he doesn't take him to the next, uh, you know, right, doesn't take him to What do you mean by like, season? I think he will just last this season. Like, that's it. Like, whatever results he gives, that's Do you mean up until December or, or next next yeah, summer? Yeah, December. Sorry. Sorry. Until December. I, I, I just give that's him that long. and that's it because <laughs> I know I just – I'm going to give him that because – I believe they used them as a big, as one of the biggest names right now. That is the coaching that Chivas got because of the whole issue that happened with Almeida. It was a big scandal. So I believe they just picked them up, just uh, how do you say it, as a rebound. <laughs> Sadly, as a rebound. And whatever he does this new season coming up until December, whatever he does, I think he'll be done because Almeida left a big, big, big gap. But Chivas, he's done so much, and I think that whatever he does is not going to be compared. And again, like you said, Nestor. After the two first games, you'll be like, oh, is, is, is it going to be worth it? Is he going to deliver? Is he gonna, it's going to go back again. And I think he'll be gone after after December. That's that's what I personally believe in. That's that's what I think that will happen with him. Oh, well. On to the next one. <laughs> yeah. They'll just recycle, you know? Recycle, yeah, recycle. exactly. We got we exactly. to keep feeding this league on the next coach economy. Because if not, then who will? So we have to keep this media up. <laughs> How long until the Osorio to Chivas rumors start? <laughs> oh, my God. You just started that. Thank you. Thank you. You just started that. <laughs> yeah, Chivas. Chivas. He's, he's going to have trophies playing goalkeeper. We're going to play. Man, what's going on? <laughs> Polito's going to be the defender. <laughs> Polito's going to be the center holding mid. <laughs> hey, the way Polito's finishing, I don't mind him playing defense, to be oh, honest. <laughs> uh, so I'm not the only one. I, I mean, I didn't want to panic, but... I mean, hey, and don't I, forget, he's yeah. isn't he the most expensive uh, 
signing ever in Liga MX. Like we yeah, because of that haircut. Yeah. It's like, you know, you play... I, I, man, I was watching Club de Cuervos, and I'm just like, I forgot what player reminds me of. The one that went to go play in Greece. Oh, Moises. Moises. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, boy, if this ain't the whole Moises thing with those tickets, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. Uh, I love that show. Yeah, wrapping up, I mean, well, another sidebar real quick. Anyone finish the Balada de Hugo Sanchez? Oh, no. I, I started it, but I didn't... I didn't, I didn't uh, even finish one episode, I don't I'm, think. I'm like halfway through it, so eh. it's nothing to like the real season. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with me in the first episode. Like, I think I watched like half of it. And I was like, eh. like it wasn't, it wasn't too quick. Like Club de Cuervos, the first episode already had you engaged, and this one was like, eh. and you're so used to Club de Cuervos and Chava and Chava was doing sus, yeah, and Chava doing his mamadas and doing all his. <laughs> so you're just used to that. And you go Sanchez and you, yeah, go Sanchez chinga. So you're used to, it, but. Nah, I mean, uh, nope. <laughs> um, so uh, our uh, my pro clubs team, uh, TCKFC, no joke. Our anthem we play to get pumped up is uh, Blue Top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> no joke. My brother made a, a highlight video, and that was the song, the background. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. I think that wraps it up for week one. Um, t- uh, yeah, here, tell us where we can find you. Okay, Twitter, jmart1018. I, I, I recently changed it because one of my friends said your handle was not too, quote-unquote, professional. He says, you sound like a little mid- high school kid that's barely joined Twitter. You should change your name from Juicy J to something more, you know, something more usual. Why, is, why was... is your name Takashi69? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I made that account when I was eight. Yes. No, J-Mart, the letter J, Mart, and 1018. So 1018 is hopefully the, the birth of my son. So I'm waiting for my son. He's going to oh. be arriving in October. So that's the, why I chose those numbers. So, yeah, that's my Twitter handle. Antonio? Find me on Twitter at Antonio1998, double underscore. And then Instagram, too, Atinahero underscore 23. Same. Nestor? You can just reach me anywhere at Nescavelli, N-E-S-Q-U-I-V-E-L-L-I, on Twitter, Instagram, anything. Snapchat, MySpace, everywhere. Man. That's like Snapchat. I'm like, I'm LinkedIn, too. Wait, oh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, hold on, I'm about to Google Plus? Give me a second. <laughs> Google, hey, Plus. Google Plus. <laughs> Google Drive? Oh my god, Google Plus never took off. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me at the Colorful Kit. Uh, hopefully we get to do these like once a week going forward with a, with a revolving crew of people. So. Oh, get a whole yeah. bunch of we'll see, but uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, this has been oh. fun. Yeah, as it has. Can't wait yeah. for more. Exactly. Have a blessed week.